Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. As we dive into this new year, I want to share with you a principle that I believe has the power to change your life. Here's the thing. I am going to guarantee it. And I don't guarantee a lot of things. Matter of fact, the only things in life I will guarantee are the things that I can find recorded in Scripture. And I guarantee you that if this principle is applied in every area of your life in 2016, your life is going to look a lot different than it does now in 2017. For those of you that are not yet applying this, I promise you, if you apply it, starting this first Sunday of this year, it has the ability to change your life. And it's called the principle of firsts. The principle of first. You know, life is full of first. A baby's first words. I know Mandy and I, we, we would sit down with our kids and when, when they were young and you would keep saying the same word over and over and over in hopes that they would say the word back because you wanted their first word to be mama or dada. And so Mandy would sit in front of the kids and she would say, Mama, 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 you know, and I would sit in front of them and say, Dada, say, Dada, you know, each hoping that, that one of our kids would say our name first, you know, call us first, you know, trying to prefer ourselves over the other one, you know, is what it was. I'll never forget Kendall's first words. Her first word that she said was neither of those. She didn't say Mama or Dada. She said, Baby. And she was talking about one of her baby dolls. She said, baby. And if you know Kendall, that fits. It's just right. It's just perfect because Kendall loves babies. She loves your babies. That's what she does. And, and so her first words were baby. And then a child will experience their first steps. And parents get to experience the first steps of a child. And, and in our home, you know, Caleb and Kendall are twins. And in our home, Caleb actually walked before Kendall did. Because Kendall was lazy, and she wanted you to carry her everywhere. You know, you know, one of those, just give you the smile and do like this, and you would have to go pick her up and take her to wherever you wanted her to go, you know. Um, how many of you remember your first kiss? Some of you, your hands went up before you. Yeah, I remember my first kiss. Whoa, whoa. My <laughs> wife is sitting next to me. What are you doing? How many of you do? You, you remember your first kiss, and you're not ashamed to admit it. How many of you, your first kiss was not with the person sitting next to you? Raise your hand. There it is. Okay. <laughs> my hand is raised. I am in that group. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget my first kiss. Uh, not that it was anything spectacular, but, but I, I was actually skating. It was a couple skates, so the lights grew dim in a, at a skating rink, and I could skate backwards, so I was like this. And we were rounding the back corner of the skating rink whenever I received my first kiss. How many of you remember your, your first car? Yeah? What was it? Anybody had a GMC Jimmy? Anybody? That was my first car. My first car was a G it, well, it really was. It was yours? Yeah. GMC Jimmy was my first car. First job. You remember your first job? I'm telling you, life is full of firsts. First job. My first job, you'll never guess where it was at. The skating ring. <laughs> Because now I knew if I went to the, to the turntable and put on a slow song and said, couple skate, couple skate only, then I could go out on the floor and get another kiss, you know. And so that's how it worked. First job was at a skating ring. Um, first child. 
never forget your first child. You may want to forget your first child, but you never forget your first child. And Kendall was first by 16 minutes in our household, and she will never let her brother live that down. Life is full of firsts. There's many firsts. And in a world that celebrates first, we are programmed to fight for first, not to settle for seconds. And so society tells us, this is what you need to do. You need to go after first. Don't settle for seconds. Go after first. And society says that if we don't get first, then we are settling for less. And so naturally, we just want first. Whatever it is, we want first. We want the first dip of mashed potatoes. We want first. And everything in life, we want first. And as we step into the first of this new year... I want to take this concept that society has taught us of receiving everything first. I want us to take that, and I just want us just to turn it upside down today. What if we are not meant to get first? What if we're not meant to get first? What if God's divine plan for us is to always get what is second, not first? What if that is God's design for us? What if that is what he desires for us? And so today I want us to go back to the first book of the Bible. If you will, turn with me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. And as we turn back to the first book of the Bible, I want us to get a better understanding of the principle of first. The principle of first. I'm telling you, it has the ability to change your life. If the principle of first is applied to every aspect of your life, your life will never look the same. And I don't think there's a better, better place in Scripture for us to see this example than in Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1. It reads, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Today, I want to answer one of the biggest mysteries of the Bible. If you really lock onto this mentally and you really try to think through this this piece of history, it's not just a story, it's a piece of history And if you really try and wrap your mind around this, it just doesn't seem fair at all. Why did God favor Abel's offering over Cain's offering? Why would he do that? I mean, God is a just God, right? We know God is a fair God. At least that's what we think. We we have that in our mindset. We think God should be fair. I mean, Cain worked just as hard or maybe even harder than his brother. Just like his brother, Cain brought an offering to God. He brings his offering. I mean, he's worked hard, worked hard for these crops. And he brings them and he sits down his offering before the Lord. But God was not pleased with Cain's offering. He was pleased with Abel's offering, but not with his brother's. 
So the question comes to my mind, is it possible that God is more pleased with certain people and what they offer him than he is with others and what they offer him? This is one of those moments today where I know, I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens. I'm okay with that. Is it possible that God is more pleased with some people and what they offer him than he is with other people and what they offer him? Now, I know that we should never get caught up with keeping up with the Joneses. But what if some people get it right? The principle of first, what if they get it right and other people get it wrong? If you're on the wrong side of that, I would think you would want to get on the right side of that. You would want to hear someone teach you the importance of this. And so that's why today I want to dedicate this first Sunday of January 2016 to teaching you the principle of first. There's this ancient game that's played by schoolyard children that has been around for years and it probably even centuries and it goes by many names some of you know this game by the name of jacks anybody ever played jacks i know a lot of our kids in the room they don't know what jacks you know is that is that a new video game you know can i get that for my xbox you know you remember jacks where you would bounce the ball and pick up jacks and get as many as you can in your hand and that's kind of the you know the the point of the game and so uh, it's gone by many names some people have, have a version of this it's called five stones where you actually play with rocks instead of instead of jacks some people have called it knuckle bones knuckle bones but the most interesting name that i've run across is one that is called dibstone Dibstone. It's, it's an interesting concept, and, and I think it, it'll really resonate with you when you realize that much like the game of jacks, when a player laid claim to one of those rocks, they would grab the rock and they would call out dibs. Dibs. And so, since then, we have adapted the term to lay claim to the things that we want. If there's something that we want really bad, we will say, I've got dibs on that. So now you, you're starting to realize what it's about. I, I call dibs. I, I have that. It, it could be two teenage boys that are sitting in the mall, and they're sitting there doing what teenage boys do. They're watching women walk by, watching young women walk by. And that's, you know, it, don't, don't think that we don't have you guys figured out. I was once one of you. I know what you do when you go sit down at the mall. And all of a sudden, two guys are sitting there, and these two girls come walking by. One is extremely attractive. She is very pretty, very beautiful girl. And as she is walking by, one friend notices that she's a whole lot more prettier than the other one. And so he elbows his friend and says, I've got dibs on the pretty one. <laughs> Could be a father and son sitting in the living room. They're watching TV. Suddenly from the kitchen from the kitchen. There's an aroma that flows through this has happened in our house You smell chocolate chip cookies Both of them jump up they run to the kitchen They look at the plate of fresh baked chocolate chip cookies laying there before them There's one that is different than all the others. It's a little bit larger and for some reason, it has the perfect assortment of chocolate chips on it. To which the son then licks his finger, rubs it across the top, and says, I call dibs. 
Now it belongs to him. Now some of the men in the room is like, I don't care. I'd pick it up and eat it anyway. <laughs> I don't do that. It's Caleb's. It now belongs to him. He has dibs. And in life, sometimes without even saying a word, we lay claim to the things that we desire. The things that we really want, we call dibs on. If not out loud verbally, with our actions, we say, that's mine, I want that, I call dibs. But did you know that God has called dibs on the first things? Don't let me lose you. Please stay with me. I promise you, by the end of this, it's all going to make sense. But God has called dibs on the first things. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2 says, Consecrate to me, set aside for me, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Exodus chapter 13, verses 12 and 13 says, You shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. God calls dibs on everything that is born first. Whatever it is. Whether man or beast, God says, it's mine. It belongs to me. I call dibs on that. Now, it's important for you to understand the Old Testament principle of the firstborn. If you really want to wrap your mind around it and make sense of it, you've got to understand this. Because according to the law, the firstborn was to either be sacrificed or redeemed. Let me explain this. If your sheep delivered a firstborn lamb... It was to be sacrificed to the Lord. It was a clean animal. And so it had to be sacrificed. That was the first uh, ooh that it would produce. And so it would have to be sacrificed. The first sheep was sacrificed. If an unclean animal, like a donkey, delivered a firstborn, it was to be redeemed with a clean, spotless lamb. So you didn't sacrifice an unclean animal. You would redeem it. So clean firstborn is sacrificed unclean firstborn is redeemed by sacrificing something that is clean now now watch this according to john 3 16 jesus was the one and only son of god right for god so loved the world that he gave his only son right jesus was his one and only son therefore he was god's firstborn and he was clean he was perfect he was unblemished but on the other hand we were all born sinners, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room, all of humanity was born into sin. We are all unclean. And this principle of the firstborn, it helps us understand John's statement in John chapter 1 and verse 29. When John is baptizing people and he's there in the river and he looks up and the Bible says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was saying he is the one, he is the clean one that will redeem the rest of us. So not only did Christ have to be sacrificed because he was God's firstborn son, he was also sacrificed to redeem us that are unclean, to take away our sins because we could not be sacrificed. But watch this, don't miss it, because this is where we mess up. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Start this year off the right way. Get this in your mind. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait on us to get it right. God didn't wait for us to work through our issues. God didn't say once they get it right, once they ask for forgiveness, once they find themselves clean, then I will sacrifice my son. No, he said in the middle of your uncleanliness, in the middle of your filth, in the middle of your dirt, when you don't have it right, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. But when it comes to first things in our lives, first things in our lives, we want to wait. Oh, I want to make sure all of my finances line up before I give God my first. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, suddenly, whenever everything just, just begins to collapse on you and, and, and worry and stress and anxiety begin to build up, where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust? What do you do with your emotions? Is he the first place you run to? Because if he's not the first place that you run to, then you're not giving him the first of your emotions. Romans 8 and 29 says, He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God has blessed the principle of first and knows that a harvest follows that which has been sacrificed or that which has been redeemed. And in sacrificing Christ, he anticipated people turning to him because he understands the principle of first. He created it. Therefore, he lives by it because he blessed it. When you honor the principle of first, no matter what it is in your life, it's blessed. But see, this principle doesn't just apply to firstborn. God calls dibs on the produce too. Listen, Exodus 23 and 19, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now listen, before you get wigged out and you're offended and, and you think that I'm preaching on giving in the offering, let me just clarify something because I want you to know that this has very little to do with your money. That is one aspect of your life that you can give to him first. That is only one part. As a matter of fact, if you think that the offering that you did or did not give this morning has something to do with money, you are sadly mistaken. It has absolutely nothing to do with money and it has everything to do with trust. I've said it before, I, I think I need to say it again. How is it that we trust the scripture and we know Christ died for our sins and we will trust him with our souls, but yet we won't trust him with the first things of, of our life, every aspect of our life. We'll trust him with our hearts and with our souls, but we won't trust him with other things. Our lives are meant to be lived as offerings to God. Listen to Romans 12 and 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer. Say offer. offer. 
That's an offering. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. I don't want to see a show of hands, but man, there's some of you in the room that, that you rang in the new year with, with actions that do not, do not offer God your bodies as living sacrifices. Now we need to turn this thing around. We need to make the principle of first so real and evident in our lives. Ephesians 5 and 2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, Abel was living his life as an offering to the Lord, but Cain was living his life as a token to God. A couple of weeks ago, somebody turned this in in the offering. It's a slot machine token. I'm trusting that whoever turned it in, that they also turned in their winnings from the slot machine and they just had this left over and said, I might as well give that to you. I'm trusting that. I have no idea who turned this in. If it was you, just keep your hand down. You'll embarrass yourself right now. But just... <laughs> in every aspect of our lives, our emotions, our finances, our relationships, what are you offering him? Are you giving him a token of it? Are you offering him a token? Because Jesus poured himself out as an offering, giving it all. And all that God wants in return is for us to trust him with our first. Not just to give a token of our lives to him, but all of it. So why did God not value Cain's offering? I don't believe it's because God doesn't like vegetables. I don't believe it's because God's a carnivore, a meat eater. I don't think that's it. It doesn't matter what you're offering him. He always wants the first, not what's left. Always. I want you to look at verse 3 again. Watch this. In the course of of time. Will you say that with me? In the course of time. One more time. Say it. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering. In other words, Cain grew his crops and eventually he got around to it. He didn't offer his first fruits to God. He brought what was left. That in the course of time, he finally got around to saying, God, here's what I want to give you. Abel, on the other hand, brought the firstborn of his flock. He understood the principle of first. Uh, let me tell you something that would drive me crazy if you did this. If you invite me to your house for dinner, I don't have a problem if the dinner's not ready yet when I get there. Matter of fact, it kind of proves to me that it's fresh. You know, it's still cooking on the, on the stovetop. It's still in the oven. I don't have a problem with that at all. Man, if I get there and it's not ready, I'll sit there and have conversation with you and we'll talk and all that. But I'll tell you what's going to bother me. 
if you invite me to your house for dinner, and when I walk inside, I don't smell anything cooking. You ask me to sit down at the table, and then you go over to your refrigerator, and you start pulling out Tupperware from this past week's leftovers, throwing it in your microwave, heating it up, and giving it to me, and that's what you want to feed me? I don't even like leftovers at my house. That's my wife. Some of our biggest fights have been, why? Leftovers tonight? What? Really? I don't want your leftovers. I want your best. You invite me to your house? I want your best steak. I want your best potato. Listen, if you can't afford steak or potato, then I want your best bread. I want your best peanut butter and your best jelly, okay? Don't give me that generic stuff. Go in there where you're hiding the jiffy and get the jiffy out for me, okay? God does not want your leftovers. God does not want your leftovers. He doesn't want your leftover time. He wants you to consecrate it. He wants you to set aside the first of your time. Why do you think we meet on Sunday, the first day of the week? Some of you look at this as your weekend, as Sunday is the last day of your weekend. No, -uh, not for me. My weekend ended on Saturday night. Today is the first day of the week for me because I want to consecrate the first of it. I want it to be set aside so that when I get to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I know that that's going to be blessed because I've already set aside Sunday to him. He doesn't want your leftover time. He doesn't want your leftover finances. Remember, this is not about finances, though that is an aspect of our lives. He doesn't want your leftover. If you think that you can go and write and, and pay all your bills and, and, and do all that and then give him what's left over, that's not trust. It's not trust. Trust says, God, you want the first fruit. I'm going to give you that and believe that you will redeem the rest. That's what it's about. He doesn't want your leftover finances. He wants you to trust him with all aspects of your life. He doesn't want your leftover emotions after you have completely blew it. After the, you see the world caving in around you and emotionally you flew off the handle. What he wants is when it seems uncertain, he wants you to run to him. He wants you, to, he wants you to, to trust him with your emotions and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand the shape this world is in. I don't understand why we're going through what we're going through. But God, I'm hitting my knees right now and I'm going to give you the first of my emotions because God, I know if I give this to you, you can redeem the rest that's what he wants he wants the first and he told you that he's a jealous God Exodus 34 and 14 he tells you for you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God he said when you call me you call me jealous he said I'll admit it to you I don't want you serving anything else other than me. I don't want you serving time. I don't want you serving money. I don't want you serving anything else but me. I am a jealous God. 
And I want you to trust me with every aspect of your life. I'm not interested in your leftovers. I want your first. So let me tell you where I'm at with this new year. I don't want my life to be spent and all that I offer God was a token. When my life is spent, when my life is over, I want to know that I gave him my first. I haven't always gotten it right. But my heart's cry this year is God first. God first in every area. God first. God before my hobby. I'm really going to mess some of you up right now. God before my family. Because whatever you offer first, He will redeem and bless the rest. You want your family to be blessed? Put God before your family. And what that means, you may have to make some of the hard decisions in life regarding your family. You might not get to be the popular parent because you put God first. God first in my finances. God first in my mindset. God first in my emotions. God first. David said, how can I offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.